3: Now of course we had the Brit Awards a couple of nights ago and we're joined here by Dr Joe Bennett who's been looking back at the 40 years worth of the song of the year category in order to identify the key factors in creating a hit song. So how are you first of all?
0: Oh, I'm really good. I'm dialing in today from Boston, USA. I, I teach wow. college of music over here. So, uh, yeah, I've had plenty of coffee. Had to get up kind of early this morning to talk yeah. to the UK, but very good to be here. Yeah, well, it's great to have you here.
3: So I guess let's start off with the obvious question, really. What have you found from your research? What are the secrets behind a hit song?
0: Well, alas... No no research is going to reveal any kind of formula for writing a song. Yeah. First of all, if there was such a thing, everyone would be using it. And second of all, if everyone was using it, every bit of music would sound the same Mm. Uh, and of course we know that music tastes are more complicated than that so rather than identify a formula what our research uncovered was was more what are the characteristics that we see time and again in successful songs in the songs that people really love and how do those Um, aspects of the songwriting evolve over time and we certainly got a lot of that from the data so we we looked at all of the Brit Awards Song of the Year nominees with the uh, data we had available which was 1982 when the very first Song of the Year was awarded which uh, the winner that year was Soft Cells Tainted Love Uh, right up to 2021 where the winner was Harry Styles Watermelon Sugar yeah and uh, and we looked at we we extracted a whole bunch of data from all of those songs so some obvious simple data like um the song duration how many minutes and seconds was each song uh, to some more complex things like what was the what was the lyric theme what was the overall direction that the lyricist was trying to get across and then some musical things we pulled out uh, the time to chorus that is you know how how long was it between the beginning of the track and the chorus so we could understand how songwriters were looking at song form. Um, And we looked at uh, chord loops as, as well, which is another interesting one. So when you have four chords that cycle round and round in a loop in the chorus, uh, we we looked at the characteristics of those, so when we uh, when we finished, we had something like six thousand data points, and we wow. were able to see trends over time in forty years of British songwriting.
3: Wow! And is it right that you found fifty percent of songs actually start with the chorus?
0: In recent years, that's a recent hmm. trend. So if you go back to the to the early to mid eighties when the when the Brit Awards Song of the Year began. Uh, most songs would be intro verse one possibly a pre-chorus but certainly intro verse one then chorus uh song from that era like um well both uh, tainted love and karma chameleon which were two of the early winners they were they are absolutely what we might say traditional song forms but more recently we've started to see more chorus first songs um so in 2021 you're absolutely right 50 percent of the song of the year nominees began with the chorus that's uh rain rover secrets don't rush and ain't it different are all chorus first songs well
3: wow. never heard of any of them to be honest
0: <laughs> <laughs> well yeah it was it an was education for me as well you know i've been yeah. around pop music for a long time but obviously those songs that were around in my formative years, my teen years, which for me were the 80s, I had to do a little bit more homework on a lot of the more recent ones.
3: Yeah. Is it hard to compare maybe some songs from 40 years ago to today because music is arguably quite different? Yeah, I suppose there are still things that would remain the same.
0: Well, exactly. I think both of those things can be true and indeed the data is as much. So to take an example of a timeless characteristic, um, BPM, but beats per minute, the the tempo of the song is uh, is fairly consistent over most periods of pop music. You have fashions, you know. We had acid house in the early '90s when tempos went up a little bit, um, and we've had you know periods of rock when and, and even disco when tempos went down a little bit. But generally speaking, the kind of tempo that we like to have certainly in our dance music is kind of consistent at about 120 beats per minute because that's yeah. just what humans like to dance to. Mm-hmm. So, though, having said that, the the, the uh, outlying styles are, still make a good appearance. So trap music tends to be a lot faster than that and people just dance to it differently. So that's, but BPM is a fairly constant factor. But other elements uh, Song duration is was the most striking one in the data It was the one that actually popped out of the figures When we looked and, and graphed them all up That uh, songs are just shorter than they were back in the yeah. 80s And that's been really a remarkable change Particularly in the last five years
3: Yeah, is that just because we're becoming impatient And having shorter attention spans?
0: Well, that's the interesting question, is it? You know, when you yeah. see. The massed behavior of millions of music fans and thousands of songwriters in this way, you, you want to sort of find reasons and figure it out. And we can make educated guesses, can't we? So, yeah. for example, the dramatic reduction in the duration of songs kind of correlates. It began in about 2017, the most recent reduction, and it kind of correlates with the rise of TikTok.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
0: So we could reasonably infer perhaps that people want more immediacy out of their music in that medium. They want quick hits. They want to get to the bit, to the hook, to the chorus so much sooner so they can use it in their, whatever their looping 15 second video. Oh yeah.
3: And of course, as well as social media tech itself has been a big part of music over the years. How's that impacted the change we've seen?
0: Well, musicians are natural innovators song songwriters like to play with the latest tech toys so uh, for for example uh, tainted love uh, was one of the earliest synth pop records to use a digital sampler and that was very new technology in 1981 when it was when it was made and and some technical um, innovations once they're here, they're here to stay. Uh, and I suppose an example is Auto Tune. The Auto Tune was invented in the um, in the '90s, and the big hit that came out, a US hit, was a Shares Believe the famous yeah. Auto Tune in that very noticeable quantized way. Uh, but once the industry had had a bunch of records with that novelty in it in them. It sort of settled down, and auto tune still got consistently used as an industry standard. But people got over the novelty, and it just became a, a, a gentle, a, an extra gentle voice in the in music production.
3: Yeah, I guess most songs don't have auto tune as obvious as shares believe. So maybe it's something that people don't really think about much anymore.
0: Yeah, it, it's used. I think perhaps more as it was originally intended, which is as a gentle yeah. function if the singer drifts off pitch. Uh, a little bit but but your comment about um uh, technology is absolutely true there's there's not a single record that we hear uh, in the uh, in, in the, oh, do we say the charts anymore <laughs> in, in the top <laughs> streams uh, at, that that hasn't gone through a digital audio workstation you know mm. that is some something like pro tools software those uh, that musicians use it's uh, that's absolutely ubiquitous in the industry and when these records were first made in the 80s Uh, those things didn't exist in the same way. So, yeah, yeah it, it, those new tools musicians adopted them eagerly. Uh, we see the rise of MIDI, which is a, the musical instrument digital interface It was a way of computers controlling synthesizers developed in the 80s, and that became ubiquitous very, very quickly. Yeah. So uh, it's been fascinating to watch the rise of technology and hear that in the sounds of the records.
3: Yeah, and what about genre as well? Is there a trend in consistent
0: genres that went or maybe changes over the years well pop music's always had fashions at at Mm -hmm. berkeley college of music here in the states i actually actually teach a course called history of rock and i i came from rock music originally i played electric guitar in bands and so on in in younger days and and to me rock is it is very much my background it's sort of central to my cultural upbringing Um, and yet now when i teach it i teach it as an historical art form because Mm. it's very rare that rock bands have a hit in mainstream pop like like happened in the 80s and 90s. And that's fine, you know, music moves on. And right now, hip hop is the world's favorite music. And that's that's terrific as well. You know, we've got a a relatively younger voice at the table. And there was a time when rock was new back in the 1950s. (laughs) Yes. Uh, and, and yeah so genres come and go uh, right now we're just surfing i think maybe just surf to the crest of trap and reggaeton influences uh, they've been around for a few years now trap sort of high tempo uh, tuned bass drums busy hi hats that that rhythmic sound of trap um and the the very dum that that reggae <laughs> beat that's been around since well, it's been around much longer than Despacito, but it, <laughs> it, it, it's, uh, it, it's very popular in a lot of records in recent years. And yeah. a couple of years' time, there'll be something else. And that's great too, you know, music moving on and evolving as it always has. Yeah, absolutely. And are you able to tell us a little bit
3: more about your collaboration with MasterCard, which you worked with to do
0: this research? Yeah, so MasterCard commissioned this research because they wanted to celebrate 40 years of great. British songwriting you know a fantastic Mm. export that uh, this country has and um, for my part as an academic I was interested in the project because it was an opportunity for me to spend time and energy listening to a very large group of songs to try and infer what techniques songwriters are applying right now and how those techniques differ from those of the past and thus, you know, academically to make some inroads into charting the natural evolution of songwriters behaviour. Yeah.
3: Well, where are we able to go to find out more information all about this research?
0: Okay, well, I'm easy to find online. If you just Google Joe Bennett musicologist, you'll, you'll find And I have a a blog on my website where I've recorded some of the initial findings and people can visit a a playlist of the songs and look at all the data graphs and and dive right into it.
3: Great. Well, thanks for coming on today. It's been great to have you here.
0: Great to speak to you. Thanks for having me on the show.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.